Coming up on this week's episode of the Sooner Schooner Show, Danny Stutzman has a change of heart. We'll talk about how that impacts the OU defense. Dylan Gabriel has a new home in Eugene, Oregon. Did OU make the right decision going with the younger Jackson Arnold? OU Texas will be played at the Cotton Bowl until eternity, or at least 2036. I'll give you my thoughts on that. And we'll talk about the $140 million renovation and how that improves your experience as a fan. And before we go any further, do me a favor. Please give us a five-star rating and write a written review. The five-star rating helps us elevate our content to um, as many people as we can possibly get in front of. And the written review also helps us figure out what kind of content you want more of. Take a screenshot of it. Send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. And Pete will send you back the very fashionable Heartland College Sports Koozie. I haven't introduced myself, so let me do that right now. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. And on Monday, OU fans got some fantastic news, okay? In a <laughs> in, in a week that saw Dylan Gabriel go to Oregon, which we will talk about here in a second, and Danny Stutzman declare for the NFL draft, or at least tell Britt Venables he was going for an, for the NFL draft. Recovery, Danny Stutzman back at OU deciding not to go to the NFL draft. And I'm not really sure why, other than most likely he just did not get the news he was wanting to hear about his draft status. Or there was a hell of an NIL deal laid out in front of him, and he thought, ah, you know what, one more year of college football, improve the draft status and make more money. Either way, OU fans aren't going to complain. And if it is an NIL deal, I say good on OU. Absolutely good on OU for putting more money or whatever enticements they needed to in front of Danny Stutzman. And what he did to announce himself coming back was one of the most dramatic things I think you will ever see a player do in announcing his status. Okay. And this is this is okay, this is just the beginning of what we can expect not just at OU, but throughout college football, when players decide that they are going to have a major announcement. No more is it just good enough to have some pictures and graphics and put that on social media to announce that you're transferring or you're staying or you're going to the NFL or or you've committed to a particular school. No, you've got to go to the video production department either at your school or you've got to invest yourself. And when you've got major NIL bucks, do yourself a big favor. Get yourself a star of the caliber of Brian Bosworth, the way that Danny Stutzman did. Now, Danny may have paid him. I don't know. Could have come out of could have, could have come out of OU's pocket. Either way. And I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to give too many spoiler alerts. Because if you haven't seen this, you need to. I'm assuming you already have. But just in case you haven't, here's what I will tell you. Obviously, it features Brian Bosworth and Danny Stutzman, a Learjet, and a white Corvette. Oh, and a little message to the SEC at the end. And even though it won't play as well when you're listening to it, I'm still going to give you the audio. You know, greatness has a way of finding its way back to where it belongs. And in the world of football, there's a legacy that never dies. That legacy resides right here at the University of Oklahoma. It's time to continue the tradition. It's time to add another chapter to the legacy of linebackers who wore that crimson and cream. Now, it's your turn, Danny boy. Sooner Nation, 
Buckle up and enjoy. The dramatic Wagner, John Williams-esque music does lose something when it's only, when you're only hearing it because that, again, I said I wouldn't give too much away, but I got to give this away so it at least makes sense. that Over the dramatic music, you've got plenty of highlights of Danny Stutzman to get you excited. I've also determined that when it comes to telling my life story, I, want, I wanted Leah Schreiber to tell my life story when I died at a funeral because he's the guy from HBO Sports and he does everything on Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers called him the voice of God. Like, I absolutely love Lee F. Shriver's voice. Um, but I've decided maybe Brian Bosworth might actually be better on that. Brian Bosworth would actually have a great future of doing voiceovers if that's what he wants. But I digress. So Danny Stutzman is coming back. And not only is a guy that had... 99 tackles this year, which, by the way, would have been fourth most in the SEC. And a guy that had well over 100 the year before, not only is he coming back, but linebacker, you are loaded because Kip Lewis is back. Jaron Kanick is coming back. Um, You're also looking at a defense that uh, has Billy Bowman deciding that he's coming back to OU for another year. Woody Washington is going to continue to be around. And you've added, you you added a cornerback from San Diego State and Des Malone, who had 47 tackles last year. Honorable mention all Mountain West. I'm, I'm going to assume he's good. I'm not going to sit here and think that he's a world beater, but I am kind of excited about Spencer Brown out of Michigan State, who is, what is he, 6'6", 315 pounds, Started all, would have started, would have started all 12 games for the Spartans last year had he not gotten kicked out of the Michigan game for a late hit. Okay. So he's emotional. So he did something stupid. Yeah. A guy that big, that athletic, you're certainly going to, you're certainly going to welcome him in um, to the fold. But I love the idea of Kip Lewis and Danny Stutzman playing together being your starting linebackers. And I think we've seen when they are the starting linebackers, it gives OU way more of an athletic boost. And I'm not taking anything away from Jaron Kanick, um, but I do think that it's got to, it has to be, has to be Stutzman, has to be Lewis as your starting linebackers next year. And I don't know exactly how OU's defense is going to stack up with the rest of the SEC, but experience can't hurt and I don't know that necessarily that OU's defense and we're going to mention them in the same breath the way that we've mentioned Georgia's over the last couple of years or historically what we've mentioned Alabama under Nick Saban but I'll take that experience anything that OU can get to help them navigate what is going to be one of the most brutal schedules in all of college football and certainly the most brutal schedule in OU football history any advantage you can get, you have to take. Because OU did lose a lot of experience when Dylan Gabriel announced that, that he's going to Oregon. 
And I go back and forth on this one. On one hand, I'm all about having an experienced quarterback when you're playing in America's Toughest Conference. I really feel like Dylan Gabriel would have been a boost for OU playing in the, playing in the SEC. That being said, essentially what this was for Brent Venables and everybody else at OU was that you're trading one year of Dylan Gabriel's experience so for hopefully, hopefully at least two years of Jackson Arnold's upsize or upside. And I can, just looking at Jackson Arnold, watching him throw, he is going to be a better quarterback than Dylan Gabriel or at least has the potential to be a better quarterback than Dylan Gabriel. But you are turning him loose or you are throwing him into the lion's den with him going to a conference like the Southeastern Conference. Now, hopefully, the SEC is about as good as it was this year. And as we've said ad nauseum, LSU, not the same. Even even Alabama, who's heading towards the college football playoff, wasn't vintage Alabama this year. You know, Georgia, despite winning 29 in a row and continuing that streak up until they lost in the SEC championship game, they showed some deficiencies. So I see no reason why OU can't go in and compete, and I see no reason why Jackson Arnold can't be a major part of OU's success. But this is also one of those deals that you have to look at, and and this is just where we are in college football. You can't afford to have Jackson Arnold leave your program. You can't afford to have a five-star quarterback in your program him leave, go someplace else, and have success because you tried, you you thought one more year, one more year of success or one more year of experience was going to help you. You just can't do it. You, you've got to give the younger guy a shot. That's it. That, that, that's, that's college football in a nutshell. I'm not sure that it's necessarily good for college football, but these are the decisions that coaches are faced with daily. And you're better off letting the young guy get the start because when it comes to recruiting, then you can go to all you can go to all your quarterback recruits and say, look, we are going to give the younger guy a shot. You may come here and sit a year, but you're not going to sit any longer than a year. And with Jackson Arnold, yeah, OU hopes to get at least two years out of him because if he's any good after two years, the guy's going to go to the NFL because he's three years past his his high school graduating class. The other thing that you have to always consider is no matter how good a player is, will they be enticed by some other school via the NIL? Or will they get grumpy and decide that they're going to someplace else? And you just cannot put it past any player. You're you're fooling yourself if you think every player is going to be happy at your school. Because it's your school. You want them to be happy at your school because you would be happy at your school doesn't necessarily mean they will and it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody won't come along to tempt them well last week when Brent Venables was sitting in front of the media down in San Antonio with Jed Fish head coach of Arizona getting ready for the Alamo Bowl uh, he had a chance to talk about Dylan Gabriel and whether or not Dylan Gabriel was going to stick around and what Dylan Gabriel meant to the program and while at that point in time He didn't tell you who was going to start the Alamo Bowl or what Dylan Gabriel's status was. He did at least give us some insight on what the conversations were like between him and his former starting quarterback. Only thing I would say, um, you know, 
didn't have anything to do with Jackson. I think Dylan had every intention to go to the NFL. In his mind, this was going to be his last season. He's going to have a great year, put himself in position to go, you know, chase his dreams, uh, you know, in the NFL. And so, you know, he he's the best person to, uh, uh, you know, to testify in, in regards to how he came to the decision to play another year, you know, collegiately. Um, but quite frankly, we did plan uh, to, you know, again, go into the 24 season without Dylan Gabriel and, and Dylan, I think, <clears throat> I think one of the things that he'll, he'll, uh, comment about is he went through something similar at, at UCF, uh, you know, with a, a quarterback there and, and he knows the, um, the uniqueness of the situation. So, uh, you know, Dylan knows uh, certainly, you know, he was more than welcome to, to stay and continue to compete and be, you know, the quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. But that's just what, uh, you know, decision that he, he came to. And again, like I said, he would be the best, uh, you know, uh, person to, to, to really go in more depth and detail uh, about what all went into that. Come back and compete. Or, or, or the keywords in that in, in in that entire in that entire sixty seconds, or like maybe it's more like seventy seven seconds from Brent Venables, come back and compete, which means you're not guaranteed the starting job. That's exactly what he told you. You're not guaranteed the starting job, and you can come back, you can compete for it. And I also think what he told you in that was there was conversations with Dylan about we were not expecting you to come back. You know, we were expecting this to be your last year. We were expecting you to go to the NFL. Everything seemed to point towards that. You're chosen. You're choosing to stay in college, which is fine. We'll take you back, but you're going to have to compete for that starting job. You're not going to get the opportunity to just come in here and be our starter because had that been the case, Dylan Gabriel's sticking around. And so does this mean that Dylan Gabriel's going to stay around for the Alamo Bowl? I haven't seen anything concrete that says he's staying or he's not staying. I can't think that Dylan Gabriel is going to stick around for the Cotton Bowl, and it does mean Jackson Arnold's going to start, but that doesn't mean that Brent Venables isn't thankful for everything that Dylan Gabriel has given the OU program over these last couple of years. Uh, that hasn't been uh, finalized yet, so I'll uh, comment on that when uh, it's the appropriate time. And uh, But uh, Dylan's been amazing. He's obviously played his best football this year. Uh, we wouldn't have put ourselves in this position and had the kind of success we did. Certainly the turnaround uh, that we did from year one to year two without Dylan and all of his hard work, his leadership, his commitment, he got, he made everybody around him better. So, uh, you know, really, really thankful and proud of Dylan and, and, uh, and he's going to have whatever is next for him. Um, you know, I promise you, he gonna have his hands all over. It's going to be, uh, you know, a really successful uh, transition for him. The great thing about bowl practice is there's no rules on how long you can have these kids out there. I mean, they're just there. They're at your disposal. So if you want to have two-a-days, you can. If you think Jackson Arnold needs to come back for more work, or not just him, but anybody needs to come back for more work, well, now you got a chance to get them more reps. So if Jackson Arnold is starting for Arizona, at least – from the practice standpoint and the quality rep standpoint, he is going to be well prepared for that game. And that extra three weeks of practice also gives you a jump on spring, which in turn gives you a jump on everything going on in the fall. So by the time things roll around, Jackson Arnold will have at least started and played in one full game, a bowl game. He will have had three extra weeks worth of workout in 
d- during the bowl practice, which from what I which from what coaches tell me, that is actually more important than what you get done in the spring because in the spring there are limits on how much time you can spend with players. But he will have had three extra weeks as a starter. He will have played the game. He will have had spring, and then you've got all fall. So Jackson Arnold should be more than ready to rock and roll once once the fall rolls around and OU gets the opportunity to start playing their schedule next year. And I'm excited about this because I think Jackson Arnold's got a, got a stronger arm than Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I believe that when he moves around in the pocket, uh, he'll be a little bit better than Dylan Gabriel when he decides to run. He's got better speed. I don't know if he's as shifty as Dylan Gabriel, but at least he's got better speed than Dylan Gabriel. But yeah, this was the right move. Like I'm saying right now, this was the right move for OU from a recruiting standpoint, from a development standpoint, and all and and by the time all said and done, Jackson Arnold should be a more successful quarterback. The Dylan Gabriel. And I almost hate, I feel like I'm hedging my bets. I should say he will be a more successful quarterback than Dylan Gabriel. Forget hedging my bets. I'm doing opinions here. All right. And speaking of opinions, one that did not sit well with people on social media this last week was my thought that OU needed to move to Jerry, the OU Texas game needed to move to Jerry World. Now, I've thought this for a while. I've thought this ever since I went down to watch LSU play Miami in Jerry World. And I'll admit, this is an old man opinion, and I have gotten spoiled. I have gotten absolutely spoiled by that stadium, not only as a fan, but as a member of the media. I will say my experiences of covering games at AT AT&T Stadium have been far better than anything that I have ever done at the Cotton Bowl. And again, I'm speaking from an absolutely spoiled media perspective here because the 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 press box more seating so I don't have to get kicked to an auxiliary area and sit outside and watch the game which I know boohoo for me which you should know that if I was a writer that wouldn't be a problem but being a radio guy they don't care about radio guys they will the radio guys are always the first to get cut in those situations ah you a radio guy yeah yeah sure tv TV and writers are welcome in the press box. Radio guys, you go to you go to the auxiliary areas, or at least the unimportant radio guys, which which is which is where I stand. At AT and T, there's no such rule because they've got buku seating, um, and and I like AT and T. Look, man, parking's a big deal to me. It's probably not that big a deal to you, but parking closer, easier access to the gates. Now, granted, it's got less tickets, it's got less seats, and you do have luxury boxes, which I'm sure both teams could sell. And atmosphere-wise, it's certainly not going to be anything close to what the Cotton Bowl brings. So I get why fans want it for tradition. And look, I don't hate. Like I said, it's an old man. I like my amenities. That being said, what they are going to do in renovating the Cotton Bowl will at least upgrade your experience, which is interesting because as a member of the media, not a very good experience covering games at the Cotton Bowl as a fan. Much better experience. I honestly think, unless you are a high-ranking media member, which I'm not, uh, but if you are a fan, I do think that Cotton Bowl experience is interesting. And it's a much more fun atmosphere that really there's nothing you can compare it to. And one thing that would have been lost at AT AT&T Stadium that I keep coming back to is the ramp would have been lost. And I love the fact that there's that ramp. Both teams walk down. Texas has got to come out into the Oklahoma end zone where they've got to hear it from fans. 
You've got both teams side by side. It just builds intensity that you aren't going to have at AT&T Stadium because the locker rooms are designed with the teams coming out at, at, at separate ends. Now, granted, if you are um, if you're a high roller, you can get yourself into that bar, <laughs> into that bar that's by the Dallas Cowboys locker room, and you can see the teams walk out through that. But how many of us really do get access to that? And they're going to widen the concourses at the Cotton Bowl. There's going to be escalators. There's going to be more bathrooms. But all in all, for fans, you want their tradition, and Joe Castiglione and Chris Del Conte want you to have that tradition. Plus, I think the SEC, which is the home to college football's best rivalries. When you think about what college football's best, most intense rivalries are, it's Alabama-Auburn. It's Auburn, Georgia. It's LSU, Alabama. It's Tennessee versus Alabama. God, I guess every single one of them has Alabama. Uh, Arkansas, Ole Miss. Texas A&M, LSU fall, falls into that category as well. OU, Texas is better than every single one of them. Even Auburn, Alabama. I don't. We always hear about the Auburn, Alabama hate scale. Having to, look, I can't speak to how much those two hate each other because I've never been to an Iron Bowl, but I've been to plenty of OU Texas games. And the hate there is unmatched from anything that I have ever seen, even Yankees-Red Sox. I did Yankees-Red Sox a few years back at Yankee Stadium, which, by the way, I think think OU Texas staying in the Cotton Bowl is akin to the Cubs staying at Wrigley and the Red Sox staying at Fenway. I don't know why you could move the Yankees out of one Yankee Stadium into another, uh, and why you can't move the Red Sox or the Cubs, why either one of those teams can't progress, but who knows. All that being said, you know, the OU Texas game is more intense, and I think the SEC wanted that experience. I think the SEC wanted OU and Texas to stay where it is, to maintain a level of tradition, because if you think about where college football is now, we are losing tradition by the minute. With players being able to jump in the transfer portal, us not being all that concerned about college football being free agents, schools jumping from one conference to another, any, any I guess, pebble modicum of, of tradition you can still have is going to be considered a good thing. So even though I may not agree and I am spoiled and I like my amenities, I am the amenity guy, I do not hold it against anyone that thinks that the Cotton Bowl is a better experience. It's just a simple matter of disagreement here. And if you wanted the Cotton Bowl forever, hey, man, more power to you because it looks like it's going to be there. And I'll be the first to buy you a beer at the Cotton Bowl. Maybe not the Texas State Fair because I'm not a big fan of the coupons, but at least in the Cotton Bowl, if you can use your credit card, I'll be, I'll be the first to buy you a beer. But maybe, just maybe, Commerce Street can come back And maybe we can have some of the Friday night mayhem prior to OU Texas. And most importantly, may the SEC make sure that game starts after 2 o'clock every single year that it plays. That wraps up this week's episode. Who knows? Next week, we may have to talk about the OU basketball team. they got a big one with North Carolina coming up. They're undefeated right now. We may have to start concentrating on those guys. They've certainly earned our attention. Uh, But we'll definitely be back next week as we get another day closer to the Alamo Bowl. We'll start that breakdown. And I want to thank you so much for listening this week. May God bless you and your families. The great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Don Cornelius, love, peace, and soul.